Welcome back to the Grunge Bible Podcast. This is episode number 72 coming to you wherever you may be. My name is Chris Salona, and I am joined by Ethan Shalloway, who's done a little bit of traveling recently. We've got a uh, a different location here for the backdrop. Uh, how are you? What's uh, what's this about here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing well, Chris. So, yeah, I'm back in Pennsylvania. This is, what day is today? Thursday? Is today Thursday? Is Thursday, August 4th. So, yeah, I got in um, late Saturday last, about a week ago, almost. I've been here for almost a week, just enjoying some family time back with the brothers, hanging out, and uh, yeah, finish up some travel. So I'm going to be here for the next three weeks. We have a vacation in the Outer Banks that we're getting ready for. That's great. Um, so yeah, it's it's nice. It's not as hot. And it's hot here still, but it's not as bad as uh, Alabama. It's very, very sticky down south. So mm-hmm. um yeah, energy levels are, are doing well. I'm I'm in a good spot. I'm feeling feel good. I feel like I'm ready for a quick a nice episode on Mother Love Bone today. Something oh, yeah. people have been asking for. So yeah, I'm doing good. How are you? How are you doing, Chris? I'm good. Uh, as you said, it's Thursday. You're in uh, your normal normal I'm setup. Normal we got, we consistency got Mr. as always. You got your Rhode Island uh, yep. pilot or not pilot? Seat. <laughs> <laughs> Your seafaring uh, old man there. Yeah, the captain here. He's he's captain. with with me as always. But yeah, Pilot, things are good. Um, it's a it's a Thursday, as you said. Uh, yesterday, I went to the beach uh, after work. That was great. Met up with some some buddies of mine for some dinner down there uh, by the ocean. I had my first lobster roll of the year, which was uh, exemplary. I'm really happy about that. So I forgot yeah. you can go to the beach every any day. I can go to the beach whenever I want. I'm like 30, How- 45 minutes away. Yeah, that's nice. I guess I'm only in, when I'm in Pennsylvania. I'm only an hour away from the beach anyway, yeah. too, from Ocean City. But that's a that's a little closer. Yeah, it's it's nice. I I don't go as often as I should. Uh, I'm trying to change that this month, seeing that it's already August and uh, the clock's ticking on that uh, that line of activity. So I uh, gotta gotta make it count while we're here, man. Yeah, I've yet to be be uh, be to the beach yet yeah. this summer. So I'm that's gonna change soon. Outer Banks. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, maybe in a day trip, but yeah. So, I think we have some people to thank. We're yeah, we get do. right into it. We absolutely do. We're yeah, in, let's let's get lost, into it, Ethan. Yeah, we lost we lost a few members, believe it or not. Uh, yeah, I saw we, somebody we have somebody they passed away in the grunge Bible ranks, as <laughs> as we can say. But it's okay because somebody decided to join on. Absolutely. And, uh, as long as somebody comes in to take the spot. So if you're listening right now and you want to hear your name be said, then yeah, Take it's as hard, easy. It's as easy as a two dollar commitment every single month, and uh, that is what uh, this individual decided to order up their shitty cup of coffee. And uh, we would like to welcome uh, Seeing Cantaloupe to the uh, to to the ranks here over on Patreon. They decided that enough was enough, and they needed a shitty cup of coffee. So we're thankful for them joining at the two dollar level. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what that's about. Seeing cantaloupe. Um, know, what's I'm what's your opinion on cantaloupe? Do you like cantaloupe? No. no, I think it sucks. I, cantaloupe, it, cantaloupe and melons are like they're in that weird fruit where you n- almost never get ripe ones. Yes, so they get a bad rep. Yeah, and they're bland. Like you, it, you always, you always get, they always get them and they're hard. Like I feel like if you yep. get like a good one, like they're really juicy and they're, they're yeah. really good. Kind of like, but like pears have a really nice. They have a nice pears have a really nice window where they're like delicious. Absolutely. But if, if you get a hard pear, then yeah. I mean, but like the thing with cantaloupe, like if I'm gonna eat cantaloupe, <laughs> I'm just gonna eat something else. I'm not gonna <laughs> eat the cantaloupe. Uh, I actually have a question. What are your opinions on watermelon, Chris? 
I like watermelon a lot in the, in the summertime. Obviously, I mean it's it, there's, I, there's no um <laughs> there's no volume to it. You just eat it. It's great. I hate it. I hate watermelon. You hate it. What's what's the matter? I dude, it just doesn't do it for me. I I like I, it's an unpopular opinion because people love it. And yeah, it's fair. It's, yeah, but like you said, it doesn't. It does. It's it's water. You know, it's a lot of water and yeah. just a lot of seeds. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll be eating it and just like. All I, of a so sudden, I'll, I'll put it this way: I like, never order doing? it. I never. I or, I, I never purchase order it. Rather. Excuse me. Go to go to a restaurant and order some watermelon. <laughs> take some watermelon. No, I never purchase it. But like, if you're at a cookout and you you know you've you've stuffed yourself with some you know glizzies and some uh, some brats yeah, and whatnot, some, 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 some bergs. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes you just gotta maybe like a like a corn on the cob yeah. and then uh, and then some uh, some watermelon to finish. I, I like that. Yeah, I mean. I guess you could get that slice of watermelon or you could just drink yeah. a glass of water and probably be more hydrated. Yeah, exactly. Than... But it, you know, it makes you feel like you're eating something. You trick yourself. You deceive yourself. You lie to yourself. Yeah. I don't like deceiving myself. And I do it every day. So <laughs> Yeah. I do it all the time. Absolutely. No. So I don't know. Cantaloupe, it doesn't uh, do it for me. Yeah. I mean, watermelon. I mean, I'm, I'm not reaching for them, either of them. Certainly, you know, if I have to pick one fruit. I'm not going to the watermelon. I'm not going to the cantaloupe either. But um, we're happy that seeing cantaloupe came to us and decided to contribute to the Patreon. Um, as we said, they joined at the $2 level. And that could be you next week uh, if you so desire. Uh, the links are always uh, in the podcast episode description and at our bio and on our website. But uh, as always, this episode, in addition to seeing cantaloupe, it's brought to you by our top-level patrons. And they are Darian Riddle, Alex Long, Rachel Corning, Fuck Soup, Jade Mercado, Doug Endy, Black Hole Sean, Captain High Top, Chris LSMS, Laura Nyreen, Nikki Six, Marianne, Release, Millie, Alexis Shannon, Kayla Jean, Sunny Mashburn, our number one fan from Australia, Wayne Staley, What the Fuck's Up, Denny's, Jamie Lynn, Carlene Salona, Seattle Four, Fanboy from New Jersey, Fresh Tendonitis, Blue Owl, Kara Kay, Brother Nature, Kitty Cooper, I Hate Your Mom, Shoe the Shoeless, and Eddie Vedder Got Me Through My Second Divorce. Dang. I felt good Amazing. there. I just rattled those off. That was good. Yeah, you were, you were, you were like, I was locked you were in. rolling there. Yeah. That was really good. rolling. That was great. Yeah, 100%. Really good. So yeah, if you would like to hear your name or just show some support other than listening to the page, the podcast, following the page, that is, yeah. um, you know what you to can do. become a patron. Yeah. Absolutely. And if not, just continue listening and being active and engaging. Yeah. We'll be okay with that for now. 100%. So uh, as we said last week on the Audio Slave episode, uh, we for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about uh, just some different bands that uh, our, our Patreon members have suggested that we talk about that maybe we haven't spent as much time with here on the podcast. And uh, if... if if you want to let your voice be heard for that, that's another reason to join the Patreon. We've gotten a lot of great feedback, a lot of good bands that we're hopefully going to get to over these next few weeks. Ton but, of um, bands. Yeah, I think, as you said earlier, Ethan, it just makes sense to start with uh, Mother Love Bone this week. Yeah, kind of the band kicked everything off. Well, I guess Green River and Malfunction started this band, which then started a lot of other bands you know, yeah. or a lot of other it's, great it's, music. So It's so interesting as kind of a footnote for this band and everybody who knows something about like the grunge Seattle Pacific Northwest scene, um, you know that a lot of these bands were intertwined and you know that, you know, there was a, 
a big fraternal element to it and everybody seemed to, you know, jam together at different times. But it's just kind of right. like um it's that meme that it's always sunny meme with like all of the dots connecting. It's like, okay, so this person was from this band and they got here and then this person came in who was also in that yeah. band. And that's what I feel like with Mother Love Bone, because you have these people coming from, as you said, Green River and Malfunction and then going on to be a part of so many different bands. Um it's really, really mm-hmm. impressive. And it's kind of like that fork in the road spot where everybody came here and then because of the tragedy obviously of the death of andrew wood uh you know a lot of different music was created thereafter but mother love bone in its own right um very very significant um and and just a innovative band and a band that um you know is in my opinion one of the biggest what ifs of of the genre and of the scene uh because you know they only released the one album and the one ep and andrew wood passed away uh, in March of 1990, but um, yeah. what are your uh, your initial thoughts on this band, or, or do you remember listening to them for the first time? Because I remember when we started the page, and we didn't really know much about the genre at the time. People were like, "You got to listen to Mother Love Bone." Andrew Wood was right. otherworldly. Uh, you got to check him out. So, do what? What were your thoughts then, and what do you think yeah. about this band now? Yeah, my first um, memory of the band was kind of we were getting into all the lead singers and talking about how charismatic, you know. Eddie can be and Chris Cornell and whatnot. And people were like, well, you got, you know, Andrew Wood, like he was the most charismatic of them all, you know, yeah. and they would, they would refer to Andy as like just one of just, you know, a, a star child, you know, and just incredible on stage. So I think kind of went into it and had that idea that he was, he was exactly that. And he was dynamic in so many different ways. And when you listen to it, I think he is very unique. Um, he, he's, it's, he stands out, you know, in the group of the five, you know, the 10 front men that you can think of from the air and stuff. I mean, he is like extremely unique. And, um, and I think that's special. I think he really was, really could have been uh, transcendent in a lot of ways. So totally. Yeah. I, I, I think that, you know, we missed out on a really great, you know, legacy, but it's okay because we still have what we have. We still Absolutely. have Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we're certainly grateful for that. And just kind of to how we got to Mother Love Bone, it's really interesting kind of talking about that melting pot. I mean, you had you had Andrew Wood from Malfunction. He was also joined by uh, Bruce Fairweather, who was also from Malfunction, but also played in Green River along with Jeff Amon and Stone Gossard. And uh, for the um, majority of Mother Love Bone's lifetime, they had uh, Greg Gilmore over there on the drums. And, you know, a lot of these guys, I mean, they would go on, obviously, most significantly, Stone and Jeff go on to play in Pearl Jam. But you have Temple of the Dog in there, Brad, Love Battery. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of these individuals went on to play in a lot of different bands. And, and, and I think something that really... I forget about sometimes with a Pearl Jam or even, uh, you know, any of the other bigger bands is that a lot of these individuals in those bands had been playing music for 10 or 15 years prior to this point. And even that's true about Mother Love Bone. I mean, they got together in late 87 and, you know, really started getting going in 88 and 89. But by that point, a lot of those guys had been playing in bands for almost 10 years in the entirety of the decade of the 1980s. So while we think of it as kind of like a a starting point for what the genre would become, I mean, this was well down the road for all of them. And they were already very experienced musicians and writers. And, you know, with the limited time that they had, I think they, they were certainly able to create really, really good music. And it's funny because I don't think of mother love bone at all as grunge. I don't, I don't know what to call it. I don't know where to put it. I was, yeah, I was going to bring that up. It's like, I think that maybe if they would, they, they had the eighties like rock 
sound to it. They're kind of psychedelic. Like yeah, he, a little, a little bit of like, glam, you know, a little yeah, bit of that going exactly. on. Exactly, glam. Yeah, and it, and it was very eighties inspired, and and also like you know Zeppelin inspired, I guess, or like you know rock and roll. But like it right. had, it was so, it was so psychedelic in a way. Yeah. Like I felt it was psychedelic rock, and and like a little bit harder, harder way. Yeah. And yeah, it was, oh dude, it was, it, I love listening. I always am surprised when I listen to the album and I hear this, so many influences from, you know, like is it the eighties, the early eighties. Exactly. And and I think listening to them, when I first listened to them, I was expecting to hear like Pearl Jam part yeah. one, obviously, because you had Stone right. and Jeff in there and Stone obviously writing a lot of the Pearl Jam songs earlier on. Um, and you can still hear it. You, 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 still, still, can hear, hear you that. still hear and, a little bit of that now yeah. that we know. Absolutely. And I think a really interesting thing that I always think about when I think about this band is that a lot of the demos that turned into some of Pearl Jam's first songs were Mother Love Bone demos that Stone Gossard had cut during his time with the band and, um, you know, that they had they had worked around and whatnot. And I remember hearing a story that somewhere out there, there was a there was a version of um, Times of Trouble, um, which was a Temple song, but also Footsteps, the Pearl Jam song, that music that Andrew Wood had written lyrics for. And it's always interesting to me thinking about some of those songs like like I believe Alive um, and um, Alive and Once were, um, were were demos from the Mother Love Bone era. It's always interesting for me to think about what that would have sounded like in the context of Mother Love Bone. Yeah. But um, I mean, I, I, I think back to that time and I think that they were a band of their time and um, they were innovative in the context of the 80s, I would say, certainly, where they kind of blended 100%. those psychedelic, um, you know, vibes along with a little bit of glam a little bit of hair metal too and and just kind of hard driving rock and roll from the 70s that a lot of these guys were raised on i mean i feel like everybody from this era it was zeppelin it was sabbath you know there are a lot of these bands that people just you know held in such high regard and you can hear all of that in, in in this band and it's crazy too because something that we spoke about, I think when we were talking about uh facelift from Alice in Chains last year is that it's always an interesting thing to hear a band's first record or a first EP before there were any expectations as to what they were to sound right. like. And, you know, that's kind of an unanswered question for them because it was the only one, you know, Apple came out in 1990 uh, and Shine, the EP came out the year prior. But, you know, it's a band that in terms of, you know, mainstream success or even, um, you know, chronology never was able to get off the ground because of, you know, Andrew Wood's struggles with, with drugs and ultimately his death. Yeah. Yeah. The, the single album, I think, I think I saw that there's some, they were on people make lists of where the album ranks and it was like 18 for the one album wonders, not like the one hit wonders, but the one album wonders they had like 18 or something, which, you know, we know a few of other bands we've talked about, obviously Temple and Mad Season, certainly because it happens. And, but yeah, I I do love that debut album. The idea that it's so, it's going to be the most raw and it's going to be the most like, I don't know, most organic, like it is. So I I think like we're, you know, privileged to have, a really nice set of songs that we can listen to from them. Yeah, um, I, I totally. I always, agree. I always, I really appreciate the the piano that they use in their songs. Yeah, that's one of my favorite. Like when we talk about later, like our lists, like the songs that I have at the top of my list are their slower stuff because we, you know, we're on record. I don't like you know hair metal and like kind of the glam rock is not like my favorite. So some songs like don't always like some of the songs that they have on the on the record are not my. Yeah, they're not, they're not something I'm going to throw on all the time. His voice saves a lot of it. You know, I think totally. his voice is really special, but I I love their slower songs. Um, and like when he's just singing over, they bring in the 
you know, the strings a little bit. And mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah, Good absolutely. Stuff. I'm I'm really glad you brought that up because I have always loved the inclusion of piano or keys, um, yeah. or, or organ even in, um, in, in a rock setting. And I think it's really cool, um, you know, because this isn't something that persisted into, into grunge, which is why I struggle to, you know, relate the music, uh, you know, uh, from mother love bone into what the grunge scene would become for all intents and purposes. But I think what you also said in just terms of Andrew Wood's voice, just kind of flying above everything and shining through the entire catalog, uh, you know, however limited it is. And and not only Andrew's talent or in his stage presence, but also, I mean, this is a person that, you know, since he died 32 years ago uh, and while he lived, I mean, nobody had a bad thing to say about him. He was seemingly universally loved. And, you know, to this day, people hold him in high regard. Um, and it's really interesting as I was talking about earlier, just how intertwined it was. I mean, Chris Cornell and Andrew Wood were, room, were roommates back in the day. And uh, there were these old legends of how they would live together and, you know, both go into their rooms and just try to write a song that would be better than the song the it's other crazy. person was writing. And just like that, that level of mastery just all existed in one finite period of time in one finite geographical area is really, really impressive. And and I think Jeez, obviously just them living, yeah, living together, like sharing a cup of coffee, you know, yeah. talking about the stuff they're writing. Yeah. Wow. And, and just like the tributes that would roll in, obviously, uh, the song yep. would, uh, Candlebox, uh, Temple of the Dog, obviously. And even, even a few years ago, you know, people would get together and, um, you know, they would play tribute songs. I mean, Temple of the Dog on their yep. 2016 tour played a lot of uh, Mother Love Bone music. And and Chris Cornell said once in an interview that really, uh, you know, up until the point of Andrew Wood's death, everything was kind of good um, for all of the musicians in the scene as musicians. And they were all having fun. And, that you know, Andrew Wood was just kind of this beam of light above everything else in the scene. Um, and, and he recalls, you know, being able to, to walk into the hospital and to see him hooked up to machines after having overdosed that kind of changed everything. Uh, and it kind of ended the era of innocence, uh, from that musical scene, which, um, is interesting because I think a lot of people would think that, you know, 94 Kurt Cobain's death and, and even, you know, Lane's struggles and whatnot were that, but I think this added a certain level of gravity and heaviness to the scene that I think informed a lot of the music, obviously that was to be made in the years to come in, in the early nineties. Um, and it's just a, you know, it's, it's the most unfortunate testament in the sense that you'd hate, you hate that it exists because he's not here. Uh, but it's a testament right. to who Andrew Wood was and, and the music that he was creating with these people. Yeah. The music's, you know, by itself is, is really incredible, but you're probably right. The impact of him passing away probably had more of a impact on the music scene and the music to come, um, than any single band can really do. I mean, yeah, the per- those personal like a really close connections to, you know, all, all the members that we've been talking about. And, yeah, and their their hands and the projects that they've been with. You know, it's all connected, which is just it really is so crazy to think about Seattle being like that. Yeah, at one time and like, I, it's so, I forget it's hard. about it it's sometimes. Like, it is really hard for us because like. We weren't there, so it's like right. it is difficult to. Like, These are you know, opinions like, after the fact from millennials. Yeah, but like I, I love like I really close my eyes and I think like really hard what it would be like to be you know walking into the moor and seeing you know Alice in Chains and or seeing you know Mother Love Bone playing and you know yeah. and just like trying to you know just correlate it to something that happens now that I'm that I'm experiencing is the fun it's the fun thing to try and you know uh, scope it out like here so you need and a flowchart 
Yeah, but man, pretty pretty intense. Pretty Absolutely. Intense. So uh, so let's talk about the music a little bit. Um, and yeah, and let, let's kind of pick some of our favorite songs uh, from their work. Now, obviously, um, you know the Shine EP in '89, um, and then the uh, the debut Apple album in 1990. But then later on uh, in 2016, they released a uh, a box set called On Earth as It Is, which is a complete box set of I believe there are 40. 40 recordings of Mother Love Bone that they included on there. It's got a lot of different demos and just different unreleased tracks. And, um, you know, for a band to have only essentially have 40 recorded songs, I mean, the the, the legacy that they have is um, large in stature for sure uh, in, in the sense that it's still inspiring people today and people still listen to this stuff as we do. So, yeah, let's get into some of, I guess, what some of your favorites and kind of what stands out to you about those songs. Yeah, I think um wrote down wrote down like like seven songs. Um I really like Gentle Groove for mm-hmm. kind of a honorable mention. I feel like that has the piano in it, it has like just a little slower and, and it's like allows where the beginning is and allows his his voice to like you say I like how you say it, soar over the song and you know, and he kind of he's like singing from above it, which he's doing now. So Gentle Groove I always liked, um and, and Heart Shine. Um that one's also a really good one, but not, you know, not, maybe not my top five or so. Yeah. Um, do you have any honorable mentions or do you have anything that like, you know? Yeah. Maybe- there's, there's one from the, uh, the, the box set that came out in 2016 and it's kind of a, it's a slow ballad demo. It's called bloody shame. Um, I remember when, um, when, when this box set came out, um, it was right around the time that we started getting into the genre. It was November of 2016. Uh, you know, we had probably gotten into it a year prior, give or take. And I remember listening to this one and it's just kind of, it's, it's very melancholy and, and, um, you know, for a band that spent a lot of time, you know, playing kind of faster tempo stuff as well. Um, I mean, they were so versatile in the sense that they could do both. And this one's just kind of, you know, stripped down acoustic guitar, um, really, really kind of slow and, and, and makes you think. Um, and, and that's one that I, I certainly think about, um, you know, from songs that didn't get their due on an official record release. And something that's interesting, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about it now, all of the songs that I have on my list, um, I guess with the exception of that one, the, the lyrical imagery that was used is very... Um, it's very mythical. It's almost like uh, it's like plant esque mm. in that sense, where you know, singing yeah. about lofty, lofty things. And and his talent as a songwriter was really, really impressive. And it kind of I think adds to that, uh, you know, if you want to call it that psychedelic element to the music. That yeah. the imagery is is really, really impressive in a lot of these songs that he was writing on. And he pretty much he he pretty much wrote all the lyrics for, like I think of. Pretty much all of them, right? On on the main album, I think. Yeah, I believe uh, so. And Stone and Jeff wrote all the music, so um, he's pretty. Con- yeah, he's pretty consistent throughout the whole time. Like you said, really good imagery. Um, let's see. I do. Um, I like uh, put "Come Bite the Apple" and and "Bone China" are both like, I don't know, in the same realm for me. And they're both they have that like, kind of like that '80s rock, you know that. I, I I enjoy that those two songs like kind of yeah. like are, are good. They're like right in my sweet spot. Yep, so absolutely. I feel like I kind of I go to them and really they're not what I you know when I think of like the Mother Love Bone that I like it's gonna be you know Stargazer and Chloe Dancer Crown of Thorns. Um, yeah. But those those two songs are really good. Bone China I was I was kind of jamming to on the way over here and it was, mm-hmm. it was pleasant. It was very pleasant. 
Yeah, absolutely. Come Bite the Apple, the, the chorus on that is like one of my favorite yeah. things from the entire catalog of the music that they put together. Nice. Yeah. And um, kind of what you just said, like, it's like the aspect of the eighties that I like. I mean, mother love bone right. for me, retroactively, they rode that line perfectly for like, they yes, went as far yes. into the whole eighties stick yep. as, as I can handle. And I can really get down to this stuff. And I, I don't know why, maybe you know why? psychologically I'm just predisposed why. to liking mother love bone because of the grunge connection or what? I don't know. Well, I, I think I know why it's because they were, it was like, it was like um, an avalanche of eighties and they were like on, they were on the outside leaving it. So we got the eighties, but it's only because that's what they came from, but they were, they were going into grunge. So they yeah. were like, it doesn't feel like they're, it feels like they're leaving it. And that's like remnants, you know, yeah. that are in the songs. So it's a little bit easier to get to, to listen to. And whatnot. Yeah. I, I, I mean, agree. it's good. I mean, it's really good, but it just, it seems like, you know, they're entering into grunge and they're the reason. So it's like, feels like it's like on our way out, which is mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, 100%. And in terms of some of the other songs, I mean, I I heavily gravitate towards, I guess, if you want to call them the hits. I mean, they're the hits for a yes. reason. Come Bite the Apple, Stargazer, Starjog Champion, Chloe Dancer, Crown of Thorns. Um, I feel like I'm double dipping there because there there is a Chloe Dancer demo and then Crown of Thorns released on its own. Right. But I mean, on Apple, it's... Uh, but that's it, how... Yeah, that's yeah. how it was, uh, that's how it that's was how intended. And it's so yeah, that's it's how so we all great. Take it in. And just like the contrast of like the really really emotional piano Chloe dancer um, into this big so ballad, cool. um, and 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 Crown of Thorns is just such a such a big song. And you know that that chorus and you know those lines at the end. You know where this is my kind of love. It's the kind that moves on. Um, and just the band is just firing on all cylinders and. I think for me, that's got to be my favorite. Um, you know, Chloe Dancer, Crown yeah. of Thorns is for sure my favorite. Um, this is Shangri-La is another uh, honorable mention for me. Um, I, I honestly I have to say, one. you don't know. I was I was just about I to say, know, the, the, like Apple for me, like I, I don't really <laughs> skip much on this album. Um, I don't yeah. think there's anything that's meant to be skipped. Uh, Man of Golden Words is also really great. Um, well, that was going to bring up. I think that one, I've been listening. I, I really like that song. Like yeah. that one and... And uh, Chloe Dancer are my top two. That yeah. one has such a good and such a beautiful, beautiful piano and just mm. really, you know, really good melodic flow to it. It's just really solid. Absolutely. Um, and it has, you know, it has the, the lyrics of Temple of the Dog in there, which is really cool to to hear that influence. I, I love that it came from a song. Yeah, because um, obviously, you know, with the whole connection there of Temple being a tribute project for Andrew Wood yep. um, as a way for Chris Cornell to kind of memorialize his friend. And um, yeah, I mean, that's another song where just like the the imagery that, that Andrew was able to conjure up with his, um, you know, with his words and, and the way he delivered them really kind of, I think, sets them apart um, from a lot of the, the lyrical subject matter that would occur, uh, that would occur uh, later on with grunge and um, kind of talking about grunge. It's really interesting because, you know, the conversation that we have all the time is with Nirvana, like where would they have gone after in utero? I don't even know what to say where mother love bone would have gone after, right. um, after Apple. I really just, I'm really not sure. Um, you know, because obviously with Nirvana, you have like the whole, Oh, you're supposed to do something with Michael Stipe or like they were going to get into some, you know, some different stuff and they were going to move away from grunge. I don't know where Mother Love Bone would have traveled and really what like the landscape would have looked like, obviously, because you wouldn't have had Temple of the Dog. You wouldn't have had Pearl Jam to inform the tastes and the trends of that era. Yeah, that it is a tough one. It doesn't it's, it seems really hard to pick a path for 
what that would have been. And um, I think that, I don't know, I guess if they, they probably would have released a lot of music, right? I would like, think, do you think, they would I would have think like, so. Like, do you, maybe not like a, as big as Pearl Jam's catalog nowadays, but like, I feel like if they, 40, 40, 40 recorded songs in three years is yeah. still pretty They, they would have, they would have certainly stuck years, together. But, and I, it was the opinion of many at the time that if there was a band that was going to break through um, right, to the mainstream, it was going to be Mother Love Bone. I mean, unilaterally throughout that scene, they earmarked Andrew Wood as being the person that was going to get his band to the top, uh, you know, in 1989 and 1990, pre-grunge explosion, pre-Nevermind, obviously. Um, so, I mean, I would... I would believe the, those thoughts of the people who were there at the time and, and think that, you know, something big was brewing for this band. So um, with that in mind, obviously, I think we would have gotten, you know, at least a few more albums. And yeah. obviously history has proven that Stone and Jeff, for example, um, are guys that are just going to keep playing and they're just going to keep playing. Right. They're going to play in bands uh, until they die. And I think, you know, as a songwriting outfit, you know, everybody collaborating and Andrew writing the lyrics um, I think there was a lot that was going to be in store um, in store for them as a band. And I think uh, critically and commercially, there was a lot of success that was uh, that was just down the road for them. Right. Um, so do you um, do you like bands releasing an album once a year or how much time between albums do you need? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just thinking about this because, you know, it's got to depend uh, on the band, I think. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it depends on the band and I guess the quality that comes out of each album. But like, yeah, like, do you do you like can, you know do you like looking forward to one each year and then? Yeah, like, I, I mean, know, just randomly thinking. Yeah, well, it's so funny because like the trends of what was like the thing to do musically have has changed so much. I mean, right. country music, especially in the '60s and '70s, they were such culprits where they would they would have these artists and like you're gonna release four albums a year, you're gonna find four singles and attach a whole bunch of shit to these things and put them out as albums. And that's what they did. I mean, you have these guys that released like, like 30 albums in 10 years. Um, honestly, um, I, I think, I think once now a some year, people just release singles. Yeah. Release it, albums. Honestly, I think like once a year is kind of quick. Um, I mean, I think once every two is, is a healthy, sustainable schedule, but I guess it all depends on the artist. Um, obviously when you yeah. get older and you get more successful and you have the financial ability uh, you know, that you don't have to put out a record and tour a record every single year, every single fall or whatever. I mean, you can go five, six, seven years without releasing a record as <laughs> Pearl Jam has been doing recently, which is fine. Um, but I don't but know. They're already, you know, they're already up there. Yeah, they, they, they already, the they already made for... their dues, you know. I mean, they they that's what they did. I mean, if they their legacy would be the same, I think, if they had only released, you know, 10 verses if of Vitalogy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> probably better, he says. <laughs> Um, we'd have no sleeping by myself though. I mean, <laughs> we'd really be out of, out of luck here. Was it the dance of the, dance of the clairvoyance? Yeah. <laughs> clairvoyance. <laughs> uh, I do like the one year out, one year to write an album, one year to tour. Yeah. And you get to come back to the studio and then go back on tour. That seems like a good rhythm. I think I would like that as a, uh, yeah. if I was, if I was a part of a band of, of this stature. Absolutely. It seemed like around oh, this time, good. though, the record companies were giving these bands a lot of leeway to kind of take the time that they needed. I mean, I know, um, you know, the, the Screaming Trees, for example, um, you know, they had released um, Sweet Oblivion, I think in 92. And 
they wanted them to follow that up with another album in like 93 and it took them like several years to release dust yeah um and it kind of um you know kind of continued on from there but yeah i don't know i mean i think mother love bone certainly stone and jeff as a songwriting outfit particularly stone i would say was a you know a gold mine at this era i mean he went on to just you know, hammer out a, a bunch of content for Pearl Jam and, and Temple he worked with too, obviously, and and Brad even still. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I don't think they would have had to wait much longer after 1990 for the uh, sophomore record. But, um, you know, as, as we know, we're, we're just left with Apple. But what a great what a great record it is and, and what a great band yeah. they were for the time that they were together. And, um, I mean, Andrew Wood, the kind of guy, uh, like we talk about a lot on the show, he's never going to die his second death. I mean, people are always going to be talking about this guy. Yeah, and rightfully so. He was uh, a legend and an icon um, in his own right. Definitely in that that area of that time. It's a, it's pretty awesome to to look back on. So we're happy to do it. We're happy to be here and have this show and be able to talk about stuff like this. Yeah, so, that's what we're here for. Um, that was yeah. So I hope you enjoyed the last you know twenty minutes on Mother Love Bone. Maybe we'll maybe we'll. Uh, touch on one of the bands malfunction or green river who knows maybe yeah. we'll go deeper into those absolutely maybe we'll go into nine inch nails we got a lot nine of inch requests nails. For nine it's, inch nails it's, it's incubating ethan do you do you know anything about nine inch nails oh it's in like that we don't want to ruin the surprise but <laughs> I, I i listened to him a little bit in high school yeah. like i know trent reznor was the lead singer yeah. and i know johnny cash took their most famous song and, and took made it his <laughs> own it back to him i know like a little bit but no i, I really i really didn't I didn't have a deep dive into nine inch? I, I mean, I did. I probably listened to them more than you did. Yeah, I didn't listen to them at all. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> By default. But like for me, um, this is one of those things where <laughs> somebody tells you or a bunch of people tell you that you need to listen to a band, but so many people have told you no and you don't like them initially. No. So it just feels like a chore and I don't want to do it. <laughs> it's true. I, I know. I know. Oh, man. There's nothing worse than when you are told to listen to a band and you for some reason just. You know, have kind of not vowed not to, but just <laughs> but, I like, mean, basically, you, but basically, just like oh, like I cannot listen to Guns and Roses with a with a clean conscience right now, and and even digest it. But yeah. we got a lot of requests for that too. Yeah, we did. Yeah, nine inch. Uh, I think they're trolling us, Chris. Nine inch nails. And, yeah, they know what they're doing to us. The patrons. They know what they're doing because we do that. Yeah, we do this to them, and then I love that they're giving it back and they're they're requesting <laughs> this stuff because you know we have to listen to them. Yep. So this is great. Two can play at this game because nine inch nails and Guns and Roses were the most suggested bands. Uh, that we that we discussed. So naturally, we averted that this week. <laughs> we might avert it next week too. <laughs> Yeah, you never know. I mean, yeah. you just never know. Never what let them do, know your but... next move. Yeah, exactly. That'd be great. But um, as as you said, uh, we're happy to have uh, chatted about Mother Love Bone for a little bit today, uh, and we thank you for taking the time to listen to this conversation. And we look forward to hearing what you have to say about this band. Um, you know, so interact in the comments, send us a message, whatever you want to do. Uh, and if you'd like to support us, you know the ways to do that. Um, there's the Patreon, there's the merch, there's listening, there's leaving a review, um, there's subscribing, liking, all of that good stuff. You know what to do. Um, you also know by now that we are very thankful for our producer, Drew McFadden, who's sticking with us this whole way. Uh, he hasn't gotten tired of us yet, which is great. Um, I don't know how that hasn't happened, but... I guess he's stuck with us as uh, we tend to be stuck with him because I don't know how to do any of this shit. No. No, there's a reason he's on board. Yeah. But yeah, he's the man. Um, yeah, so I guess all we have left to do is Song of the Week. And this is a very important 
song of the week. I, if, you, if you're watching YouTube, you can see Chris is very excited to I'm talk really about excited. this. I'm really excited. And I, I could not, you know, co-sign enough or be, you know, I'm, I'm behind Chris all the way on this one. I may even do a joint song of the week because this is the only song that you should be listening to <laughs> for the next for the next week. The only artist that you should be listening to. So, Chris, why don't, why don't you get into... What exactly, who exactly we're going to be talking so about, because I, this is <laughs> This is really important. So I spoiled the surprise on August 3rd. I posted a midnight special of this song, but, um, you know, for those who pay attention, you already know, uh, my song of the week <laughs> is by James Legg, and <laughs> apparently that's a person, and the song is called <laughs> Been Drinking Too Much, and I discovered this song when I was very inebriated this past weekend um, uh, at a show, we were tailgating before the show, and one of my friends put this on on the speaker, and it just hit home. Um, this man has, like, it, this man's voice sounds as if, like, Tom Waits was trying to do a Tom Waits impression. Um, yeah. It's that gravelly. It's fucking awesome. He plays the He plays the piano, but somehow live, it sounds like it's, like, got a fuzz pedal on it. I don't know how he's doing it. Yeah, there's there's like harmonica, harmonica, there's piano, there's drums, yeah. and it's just a great song. He's like, you, you're telling me that I've been drinking too much. And, I mean, sometimes sometimes people tell you that. Sometimes you tell other people that. And, and I mean, the song, yeah. the first lyric, and, and, and unfortunately, it's it's a cover. Um, there was another band that wrote this song, but as far as I'm concerned, this is like this is like Nine Inch Nails and Hurt and Johnny Cash. This is this is <laughs> this is James Legg's song. So fuck whoever wrote this. Um, yeah, I I just fucking love this song. It's so good. <laughs> James Legg yeah, was my exactly what I needed. Yeah, my question is how how long into the song before you looked at whoever was on the auction? Like, oh, what, who is this? What, what are we <laughs> so, listening to? So how long it did it take? in with some of the piano, and I was like, oh shit, this is pretty good. And then as soon as his voice mm, kicks in, right he's like, now. you met me when I was high. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just yeah. it just ruined me. And I knew which one of my friends did it because like he and I like we we turn each other on to a lot of music all the time. I was like, Tom, like, holy fuck, like, what is this? <laughs> Who is and this? He was like, he was like, this is James Legg. I was like, this is who? <laughs> it's James it's like Legg. Mike Watt and Tom Waits had a cousin. They both had this similar, like a cousin that they didn't know about. Yeah, that they were force feeding Legg. unfiltered menthol cigarettes and whiskey. Yeah. It's great. At a very young age. At a very young age. <laughs> uh, like when they were, oh, they were probably teething on Marlboros um, instead of instead of their pacifiers. I'm excited to yeah, I, I popped him. He's on he's on Spotify for the people that I, I was I was really worried that he wasn't because no, man he, he doesn't there. have a wiki, James he doesn't Legg. have a Wikipedia so <laughs> I was worried that he wasn't going to be out there but he is so you guys can listen to him he's you need to we're gonna, I'm I, you need I'm, to. I'm excited to get into him well here's, see here's what the else problem Ethan I I've just I discovered him now like five or six days ago right and. Right. I learned this song and I was like, the song is fucking awesome. I can't wait to get into his catalog. I haven't gotten into his catalog at all because I can't get past this song. I've just been <laughs> listening to this song over and over. That's how good it is. That's guys. how good it is. It's James Legg, Shit. everybody. James Legg. Jimmy Lower Appendage, just one of the comments <laughs> said, which I loved. That's fantastic. Dude, I, it really is good. If you like some good, yeah, blues, rock, you know, heavy heavy blues type stuff. I mean, it was, that's what I was getting all the time. It's, 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 like the, kind of shit, a, like a, it's the kind of shit that'll give you a headache after you already have a headache because you're not on any sleep and you did too much the night before, but it doesn't matter because it's, it's James leg. I mean, come James on, leg. it's James fucking yeah. leg. Love James leg. What a, 
What a great find. You just never know when music is going to give you that yeah. person that you've been waiting to hear. Yeah. And you didn't, you sometimes, sometimes, you know, you don't think that there's anybody out there that's going to do that. Yeah. For you, you think you've can. seen it all. You kind of, yeah, you kind of, you kind of think that, yeah, I've seen it all. I've heard it that's all. I mean, what other iteration of, yeah, Tom Waits could I have? Exactly. But and then you think like nothing's going to do it for you and you're just enjoying your afternoon and then boom, James leg out of boom, nowhere just, just punches you in the face and just eviscerates you. your brain. Yeah. And just kicks you in the shit. I mean, it's, it's James leg. I mean, come on. We met him when we were high, I guess. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there, that's just, <laughs> he's told us, he's told us we've been drinking too much. I mean, that's, Sometimes, I guess, right? I also have to say, I've looked up, I've it. looked up, obviously, I've watched live performances of him and I've seen what he looks like. I am more intimidated by him than I am <laughs> uh, just about anybody who's actively creating music at this time. <laughs> Where does he rank against like Kim Thiel and Mark Lanigan, um, like as far so as looks goes? I think it goes, or Buzz Osborne. It goes, it goes, it goes James Leg. Um, if Mark were still here, I'd, I'd, yeah, you know what? I think James, no, no, it's Mark, it's Mark, and then like, just by like half a head, it's Mark, and then it's then James Leg comes in, and then it's King Buzzo, and then it's everybody else. But I mean, that's like my yeah. three horsemen of the apocalypse right there is uh, is 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 Leg, Osborne, and Lanigan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's great. So, what's your wow. song of the week, Ethan? <laughs> I'm 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 just gonna support that. That's <laughs> the yeah. only song that we, that they need to listen to. I I, ha- I had one, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't cause... matter because you've been drinking too much. Yeah. It was like a Counting Crows song. <laughs> That's a hell of a one-two punch. <laughs> yeah, it would have been good, but it wouldn't have been. See, this is this is the best part good. about Grunge Bible Song of the Week because the variety that's on this playlist is, I'd say it's unparalleled. I mean, we've, we've got everything on there. Yeah. I mean, there's we have, now we have James. I mean, Leg. Nick Drake is on oh. there with James Leg, and then there's like Waxahachie's on there, and and Soccer Mommy's on Swift. there, and Taylor. Yeah, exactly. And then you got James Probably. Leg crashing the party. His rightful perch. I love it, dude. I mean, he he earned his spot. Yeah, we met him when we were high. <laughs> must have been drinking too much. <laughs> you must have, huh? Well, I think uh, I think that'll that'll just about do it for episode do it. seventy-two of the Grunge Bible Podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us for some mother love bone talk that uh, you know segued into some James Leg talk. I mean, that's that's a healthy combination yeah. right there, and um, we're happy that we were able to share this time with you, and we look forward to. Uh, chatting about a new band next week. Uh, if you want to uh, impart uh, your wisdom as to what band that should be, go ahead and check out the Patreon. Join for as little as $2 a month. And who knows, we could be speaking about your favorite band next week. Yep, and if you do nothing else but enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend, share it with somebody. Let's get into the algorithm of other people so then we can populate a little bit faster and, you know, just help us out that way. So, um, and if not, just have a great week and hopefully we'll, you'll heal. You, you will hear from us next week. Same time, same place. That's where we'll always be. Thanks everybody for listening. We will talk to you next week. Take care. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. See ya.